Hey, hi, hello, friends. Welcome back to The Porch. This week, we are bringing my really good friend, Claire Morse, to The Porch to talk about the value of friendship and how important it is to surround yourself with people who support you. Claire, welcome to The Porch. Thank you. Yay. We're how so exciting. Excited. Yay. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. What, uh, let's dive right in. What do you think are three key elements to a healthy relationship in your life, whether it be romantic, platonic, familial, any of those things? Oof. Starting off real light, real easy. Communication. Mm. The ability to, it's kind of convoluted, but ability to laugh and joke about serious topics that have happened between the two parties. It's like being comfortable with past friction. Yeah, which I guess is more communication. So, but a sense of humor, I guess. A sense of playfulness. Exactly. And then third would probably be trust. I think trust is a good one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, So when was a time that you realized you needed to let go of a friendship that was no longer supporting you, serving you? And how did you overcome if you had any feelings of guilt that was attached to that? Yeah, um, I have a really good friend. I say have a really good friend. I guess that's exactly what it's not. Um, Had a really good friendship from college that at both in certain points of our lives, we really helped each other out a lot. And we um, were there for each other when kind of nobody else was. But recently she, and and I, I, I wouldn't say have let go go completely of the relationship, but it's become increasingly unbalanced of a relationship. And that's what we kind of had when we were supporting each other so much. It was always kind of a give and take and mutual support, but now it has become so much of me doing the lion's share of the supporting and and talking out and like just exhausting things in a way that is it's not just she's going through a hard time and I'm not but about things that I shouldn't have to support her about things that we've already gone through solving problems that are not mine to solve for her um and then she also has driven away so many of our other friends because they've disagreed with her she's disagreed with them and she has dropped have dropped all of them so I'm kind of her last line of um, friendship and now it's become so unbalanced it is unable to like support the way that it used to and I can't trust her because of the way that she has cut out all of our other friends because they spoke up about something that bothered them about their relationship. So I can't trust her in the fact that she is my friend. So I've had to let go of that because there's no way to continue a relationship with someone who is unable to take criticism about how everybody in the relationship feels. Absolutely. And that also goes back to what you were saying about communication, just the ability (laughs) to communicate openly and to receive that kind of criticism I think in a lot of cases especially when you're really close with the person it's easy to 
take criticism from them as a personal attack on your character or their value in your life. And I think it's really important that we remind ourselves that that isn't the case and to sort of look at the criticism as a chance to be better and a chance to grow the relationship and become even closer. I use this analogy a lot and Rachel I'm sure has heard me use it before, but of the gardener and the flower. So I feel like in every relationship, there are two roles, right? There's the gardener and the flower. And sometimes you need to be the flower and sometimes you need to be the gardener and you're supposed to go back and forth. Sometimes someone in the relationship might require a little bit more attention, a little bit more of something that the other person can offer them at that time, but it is a balance and it is supposed to go back and forth. It shouldn't, one person shouldn't be constantly serving in either one of those roles. Yeah, it should constantly be a give and take with friendship, in my opinion. Otherwise, it just, it does become unbalanced and you're unable to really agree because you start getting clouded by all of the just misunderstandings, misinterpretations. It's a lot of just learning how to, how to navigate that. Yeah. Um, I also, I want to go back to the, the guilt, especially, because I don't think that that's something that we really address in every relationship, but especially friendships, just because I think there's this understanding that romantic relationships come and go and that, you know, you're lucky if you find that one person that that relationship lasts forever. But more than any kind of relationship, I feel like romantic relationships come and go the most often. And then you have the familial relationships, which are largely seen to be unconditional, even though that's not the case for every person. But I think in platonic relationships, there's this sense that, oh, you're supposed to just stick it out no matter what. It's that sort of that balance between a romantic relationship and a familial relationship. And we don't really talk about the guilt that's imposed upon people for doing what they need to do for themselves in a lot of cases and putting themselves first and being able to recognize that a relationship isn't serving you and it isn't growing you and having the courage to walk away from that. I think I think so many of these, when you have to cut someone out, it's because they are, um, they don't really have the emotional maturity of maintaining a relationship that changes where, and that applies to so many relationships in their life. And the reason that I feel guilty about this particular friend is because I ended up kind of being the last friend left that she hadn't alienated and being that last person so much fault you're like okay well I'm the last person that they could lean on and now if I take that away from them what do they have left like I it takes a few hours of energy every week for me to deal with this person but if I drop out of their life uh, weighing the benefits for them versus the detriment to me doesn't seem like an equal trade-off, but the fact that you have to choose yourself and the, choose your own happiness and trust that they can choose their own happiness is what I guess you have to focus on. This is convoluted and it's not really what I meant to say. Yeah, but I think that's that's the whole essence of it, right? Because I think that in situations like the one you just described, it's hard enough to 
let go of a friendship. But I think it's just as hard, if not maybe slightly harder, when there really is no particular rhyme or reason and there's no sort of messy event that took place, but people just grow apart, right? People fall out of love, people grow apart, and it's just a natural part of life that happens. And I think we spend so much time and energy trying to prevent that at all costs instead of just letting things play out the way that they play out. And it's, it is convoluted and it is really difficult. And too, and too often we're, we're very hard on ourselves when it comes to letting friends go, because like you said, Claire, like you feel like you're their, you're their last line of defense. Right. And you want to, you want to be there because you want to be a good friend, but is, is it benefiting you in any way? Yeah. That may or may not sound selfish, but you got to know, like in the long run, is this going to benefit you? Is, is, is this supporting you mentally? Like, emotionally are you guys really fulfilling each other and if you're not you need to be okay with separating yourself and taking a step back and and reevaluating if you if you so happen to need to do so too often we're just too bogged down with the idea of I don't want to leave this person hanging and feel selfish I think in our generation a lot of the times that we don't sever relationships that may need to to be severed um, whether it be parents or or anything else we feel guilt. We don't want to, we don't want to do that to another person. Why would you, you would never want to be the other, on the other end. So it's just really trying to play into navigating the guilt and understanding it's okay to let shit go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that it ties into a large part of, it's just growing up, I guess. And as we get older, we're more okay being by ourselves and depending on ourselves in a way that can give you some sort of ability to trust that whoever you're not wanting to be, continue a connection with, continue doing whatever you want or doing with them, trust that they are also okay being on their own. That's uh, where you, anytime you enter into a friendship as an adult, at least I make kind of an assessment of this person and, and say, how much is this person going to depend on me? How much are they going to need me? And if uh, one at some point I don't have anything that I can give them emotionally or, or spiritually or whatever, will they be okay if I take a step back from them? Um, and if the answer is yes, then I feel safe entering that, that friendship. If it's no, then I kind of enter it more cautiously and, and keep it at an arm's length distance. Maybe that's the Capricorn in me, but <laughs> it's just kind of to avoid um, hurting anybody uh, unwantedly. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because when I reflect back on the friendships that I have in my life that I would consider successful versus friendships that I've had to let go of, the common theme is that the people who I have successful friendships with are people who are whole on their own. And we are in each other's lives because of what we add to what already exists. And when people rely on you, obviously everybody has needs. And that's not to say that friendships, even between two people who are completely whole beings all on their own, don't also have needs. Every relationship has needs. But when your fundamental needs are not being met by you first, I think it puts a tremendous 
strain on the relationship. And to go back to what you were saying, Rachel, before, I think there's a lot of confusion and we're espousing this idea that, oh, you know, walking away from a friendship or prioritizing yourself and whatever that means is selfish. But I think we have to learn the difference between putting yourself first and being selfish because there is there is a line there. Nobody else is going to put you first. So you have to do it for yourself um, is my something I'm learning as I get older. Um, I also I went on a date recently and I was freaking out. It was like fourth date or something. And I was like, OK, now they're going to start like asking me to be serious. Now I have to start giving up all of my free time to be with this person. Oh, my God. Now I'm going to like I've just be constantly panicking about how I, I need to support them and their dreams. And God, this is just too much. And they're putting too much on me. I can't believe they would do this to me. And he was like, hey, just, you know. I'm like fine on my own. I just like spending time with you. And I was like, you don't expect anything from me. This is honestly the best. How could I, is this what adults are like? This is such, and I'm like, great. Now I can spend all my time with you. If I don't have that pressure of, I have to spend my time with, I'm, oh, I'm worrying. Oh, I'm at work. I can't spend time with them. Oh God, I'm a terrible significant author or whatever. As soon, even as soon as that, pressure that I put on myself was gone. The whole relationship had the ability to breathe. So it was like, okay, if people can just approach relationships, understanding that people come and go. And if you just like spending time with someone, you can spend time with them and you can support them. And if, and you, they can support you. And as long as it just feels good, keep it up. That has made (laughs) me so complacent. I went through a pretty tumultuous breakup and then when I started dating again I had taken the time in between to really work on myself and think about my goals and put myself first and then I got to this point where I became so complacent because I was like nobody is coming into my life that's gonna take away what I've already built And that if you don't add to that, and if you don't fit into that, to what I've already created, then this is not right for me. And so it's been quite the challenge. (laughs) Snaps to that. I mean, I was going to say, like, vibes don't lie. It sounds so cliche and so (laughs) funny. And if you know me, it's so (laughs) me. But, like, they don't. Like, if you don't have a good like, person on your, like, first go, like, I, like it's it's really contingent, sure. First impressions are weird. They're different. But if you've spent time with a person, a significant amount of time after first meeting them, and you feel in your gut something is not right, and it's this is not worth the energy that you are willing to put into it, then step out, step back. I think it's really, really important to recognize that your feelings for you are not wrong. All of your feelings are totally valid. Always trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. Claire, if you could tell your younger self anything about how friendships should be, what would you tell her? There's a lot to unpack there, but I have had so many relationships where I'm doing it out of habit or convenience. And it's not even that I'm not being myself, but it's 
manipulating my personality, not inauthentically, but in a way that's not deliberately to make them comfortable like me, whatever the circumstance may be. Friendships should be mutually supportive of your personality. When you can't show up 100% as yourself in a friendship, it's almost bound to fail just because you'll always feel pressure to put on a face or to not reveal certain parts of your most authentic self. And there will come a point where you no no longer receive fulfillment from that. And that can cause resentment and it can cause just a whole host of things that will not be conducive for a healthy friendship. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you guys lie on the spectrum of of um introvert extrovert but I'm an extrovert I'm a total extrovert but I find I'm only an extrovert when I'm in those relationships that are organic and are authentic if I could be around people all the time I would be but because of pressures that I've put on myself really because if I just didn't care what what people thought about me, then I would be able to be myself, blah, 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 blah. (sighs) Um, But because of the walls that I feel like I need to be putting up constantly, that's what exhausts me being around people. So that's what I think a friendship needs is the ability to not put whatever walls up you've put up because of what that one mean person said to you that one time or what society tells you to do or what, how your parents think you should act, all of those things. If you can just be yourself without putting the wall up of all of those things around a friend, that's what a friendship is. It's important to evaluate if the friendship that you have with people feels like a job. And if it feels like a job, then that's not, that's not a healthy relationship. Being able to call someone out immediately is... Having a conversation, something crosses some line saying, hey, I have a problem with that. And then the other person's being like, oh, sorry, I will adjust my behavior. Or I will not adjust my behavior, but let's have a dialogue about that. If you can have, if you have a problem with something that a friend does, you can immediately call it out and then immediately make up after that. I guess it depends on how important the thing is. But I think that comes back to the point that I think is important in friendships. That is uh, the ability to be playful because it, it creates, it makes dialogue a lot easier. It makes communication a lot easier. It makes fighting a lot easier. It makes making up a lot easier. It makes fun a lot easier. And it really just can make, breathe. it breathes air into a relationship. That's why I think humor and playfulness can save a relationship. On a more serious note, is the ability to be able to address conflict while it's happening, as opposed to letting it fester. And this is something that I have really worked on personally in my 
friendships, not so much my friendships as much as my relationships, but I think it's something that I observed a lot just in my own family system, but of calling out or talking about bringing in previous conflicts to a current conflict, even if it's related, even if something that happened three weeks ago is related to something that's happening right now, to really focus on the present moment and address each moment for what it is, is really important. And it takes a lot of patience and it takes skill. It really is a practice, but I think it's something that we could all benefit from honing. I think it's interesting because relationship get uh, romantic relationships get so much of the attention of learning how to communicate with the significant other and learning how to fight with one and, and make up get so much of our energy and attention. I think the same energy, I, I think platonic relationships would benefit from the same amount of energy in learning how to compromise and stand up for yourself, but they don't aren't given that attention, which I think would really help with, especially young women forming friend if they can practice doing that in friendships it's going to make doing it in relationships a lot easier which I think would help out young girls from getting stuck in abusive relationships and get stuck in relationships they're just not happy in because they think they should be putting up with this behavior and I think if you if we put more emphasis on training young people to set boundaries with their friends and to have tough discussions with their friends, then it will set them up better for getting into romantic relationships. I think it goes back to, I mean, you hear the cliche all the time that the person that you're in a relationship with should be your best friend and that everything else, all of the intimacy and that should all be extra. That should be the cherry on top. But I think there's a really good point in that in this idea that friendships are unique in the sense that you're able to really lean on each other. There's less of this dependency that I think is really common and that a lot of young girls get trapped in of relying on somebody else, relying on them for validation, approval, etc. And I think that we see that less so in friendships, or at least it's not talked about as much, which in that case, we need to talk about it more. Those kinds of specifically romantic relationships are put on a pedestal. Okay, that reminds me. How do we feel about platonic intimacy? I feel like we need to normalize it. I love platonic intimacy. It is everything to me. I could live my life without a single other romantic relationship. And if I could just hug my friends and cuddle my, like, like it's so important to me. (laughs) I cannot overstate it. I think platonic intimacy is important because I think that's a, what a lot of people are looking for when they get into relationships. And if you were getting that from a platonic relationship, then you would have more patience. I agree um, a thousand percent. I think a lot of people do go into romantic relationships 
because it's perceived as more normal to be more physically affectionate with said person. But I think that if we did have those needs met in our friendships, it would just strengthen the argument that the person you're with romantically should be first and foremost your friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think that also ties in to children uh, working on setting physical boundaries. Certain people are more okay with physical touch. I think that's a great point. I think you learn how to practice saying no and saying, you know, drawing the line. I think it's easier for people to do that in friendships because the stakes seem like they're not as high as they might feel in a romantic relationship. I feel like don't allow your romantic relationships to completely dominate your life because that's not going to work for anybody in the long run. Not going to work for you. It's not going to work for your partner. It's not going to work for people around you. So if you can learn how to communicate, set boundaries and not let one friendship or one particularly uh, dominant relationship take over your life, then I think you'll be sweet and dandy. Learn how to take care of yourself and through that, help your friends learn how to take care of themselves and then you can all be better friends to each other and to other people also. Claire, this was so fun. It was amazing to have you on. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us. (laughs) Thanks for having me. It was fun. (laughs) Thank you.